There's no music if you have no body to play it with, so take care of your body first. You getting into the gym and you lifting weights and working on muscles, is it's physical therapy for the benefit of your playing. The truth is nothing works like just taking care of the simple stuff. Diet, exercise and sleep. Take care of that and you'll be fine. Join us as two musicians and fitness coaches discuss strength, wellness and fitness in relation to musicians, artists and performance. Hi everyone and welcome to the Tuned In Strong podcast. My name is Angela McHuston of Music Strong, and usually I would be joined by my co-host, Jen, Dr. Jen Cabas of Tuned and Toned Performance, but she couldn't be with us today. However, we do have a very special guest today, and that is Coach Yannick. Uh, Coach Yannick, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us about, uh, tell us your story. Tell us about you. Sure. Uh, first, thanks a lot for having me. And uh, just as a quick reminder, English is not my first language. So sometimes I have to look for my words and yeah. Perfect. <laughs> so think about it. Cool. So uh, my name is Yannick. I'm originally from Switzerland, based in Germany. And um, I started uh, music, but also sport at a very young age. And um, I went on to be a competitive swimmer. And uh, then at some point I decided to go full on with the music and to, to study that. So that was when I was around 20 after um, being three months in New York. And I really enjoyed being in the city and going to the music school, going to the jazz clubs and that kind of stuff. And so I decided to, um, to study that professionally and graduated now 10 years ago, almost um, with a, a master of arts and production and performance. So the main focus was playing and recording and producing. And already when I was, uh, when I was studying, I, I started to have um, quite a lot of, of pains and aches, um, tendonitis in the elbows and the shoulder. Um, and then it, it developed into some, some chronic back pain and neck pain. And um, I, I really didn't find any kind of, of support that was providing some long lasting solutions. And it was also not really empowering because the, the only thing that I had was like going to a physio or osteo and a bit of manual therapy or maybe ultrasound, that kind of stuff. But nothing that I could do on my own or any kind of education around how important it is to take care of your body when you are actually performing. Yes. And as you know, um, using your body as a vector for, for emotions like we do in music. And so that was one thing. Um, I was told that, uh, that the few programs or support that there were in the, in the school was only reserved for classical musicians. And uh, I was studying jazz, so that was kind of a bummer. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, it was kind of strange. Um, and and it was it was just not really a part of the culture. Um, so, you know, I, I grew up being really active and doing sports, but then I, I tried to keep doing that when I was studying, and and people kind of um, laughed at it and were making some some comments about trying to eat healthy and going back to swimming and that kind of stuff. And 
I guess it was like back then my own insecurities that that you know um, played a role there, and I could also just have said like, "Hey, <laughs> fuck you off. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to to do my things." But when you when you are developing and you know trying to make connections that are going to be um, meaningful for you, also for your career, then it's it's. Um, I found it personally uh, to be difficult to. Um, to not have that kind of support yeah. and when I when I finished when I graduated I moved to um, to Berlin to uh, Germany because I wanted to be in a bigger city with a bigger um, music scene and I did play a few years professionally um, and went also into production and it was it was difficult because um, I really had times um, so much pain that I was afraid to um, to go on stage and to play because I knew the next morning when I was going to wake up, then the first two hours, it was just going to be super tense and painful. And um, and it was through searching for solutions that one osteo recommended to me to go to the gym. And after two or three sessions of, of strength training, um, I don't know, I had like an almost 80% reduction of pain. Wow. And um, so that was, that was big for me. It was also a big relief. And um, I, was, I was just super curious and interested and um, got so drawn into, into fitness and exercising and nutrition that uh, at some point I, I decided to, to go into that route and um, become, a, become a trainer myself. And uh, the, I found the work of, of coaching people is super rewarding and fulfilling for me. And um, so I, I started not as a coach for musicians specifically, even though I did a, a few workshop in musical and I had a few, a few clients that were friend of mine um, from, the, um, from the, the, the music network, so, so to speak. And it's um, since last year, since uh, since the lockdown, that um, I, I decided to go into that into that um, direction because there's one thing with working with musicians is also the the, the financial aspect, and um, especially right now where um, like all the gigs are are, are gone, mm-hmm. um, it's more difficult. But the, the cool thing is um, going online, it makes it uh, much more affordable to offer a very, very good service, a lot of support, a lot of education, so that people can also learn really how to take care of themselves. And um, so I, I guess it goes a bit beyond just strength training and nutrition, because there's also a lot of stress management, um, a lot of mindset. So, so you are able to to own really the, the different aspects of well-being and how to combine that with the lifestyle, and yeah. So I'm I'm super happy to to have the, the the opportunity to do that online, and to do something that is a bit different. And as you know, there are not so many coaches that work with musicians, right? There are not, and I don't know about you, but I have um, I've had several people um, not they haven't tried to actively like dissuade me from working with musicians but they've said oh well you picked a hard bunch musicians don't have any money like, what yeah. 
musicians have a, have yes they do it's just a matter of where do we choose to spend our money where do we find a priority i mean we you and i both know as musicians our gear and our instruments are not cheap and yet we found we found the funding to to acquire them because they're important to us right <clears throat> so <laughs> that's that's been my latest pet peeve uh that's getting at me lately. It's like, you know, I'm really tired of hearing that musicians are broke. We don't have yeah. to be broke. Can we stop this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is super interesting. I, I had um I had a conversation with uh, Mike Schwartz. I think you oh, know I him. I love him. Yeah. And uh, we we were speaking about the different narratives that are um building and shaping our identity and character and we we, we were speaking about exactly this so oh, it's, it's interesting uh, to hear that that it's um, it's not some it's not something that is only in my world but that is kind of shared across different countries yeah so you said you were <clears throat> pardon you were studying jazz <clears throat> yeah that was that was the main focus of my um what i studied in college Did I also remember that you were a DJ for a while? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, yeah, I guess. So that's one of the, the thing that, that, you know, that kind of defines me or I choose to define myself through it. I, I'm super curious about uh, a lot of things. And um, it was the case when I was doing music. So I was playing double bass. That was when I moved to Berlin. I was playing double bass in the orchestra, playing like um, uh, Beethoven symphonies. Yeah. Then I, I was doing some DJ gig, um, like mainly the, the, the Berlin techno. Uh, I love that. Partying, that kind of stuff. Berlin techno. <laughs> And I still had a few gigs playing playing jazz, you know, um, modern, but also more like classical bebop stuff. And was also active in a in a in a pop band where we did um, yeah like pop music. Yeah. Oh, that's pop. great. So. <clears throat> that's great. I mean, I want to go back to what you said um, when you were starting to develop some aches and pains while you were in music school and how it was kind of looked down upon that you know you you wanted to take care of yourself strength wise. It's like oh, and you know the resources weren't available to you because you weren't studying classical. And I, I think that's, um, that's not uncommon, actually. It's really, in the States at least, I feel like the, the genres don't cross. Classical people are here, jazz people are here. And then we have this, <clears throat> we have this kind of self-imposed hierarchy of who's better than who when it comes to genre, which is ridiculous. Um, here in, I live in Nashville <clears throat> and, um, The, the musicians here are on another level talent-wise. And there are so many musicians here that don't read music. And they're, they're really wealthy, actually. They have made an amazing career from music, playing these shows and these gigs and tours and recording and studio sessions or whatever. Not all of them don't read music, but they're not, you know, they don't have to have a music degree. They can just be insanely talented. And, you know, if you ask them to play something, they can come up with it like that. And in the classical world, we're like, oh, no, 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 those are jazzers. We put them over there. We don't do that. So, like, I feel like I didn't get enough of an education because I can read music really well, 
but when it comes to improv, that was, it wasn't like looked down upon, but it was not really encouraged. That's, oh, that's a side thing. And now here I am in the real world. And the fact that I don't double, I don't play any other instruments besides the flute family. And the fact that I don't improv well has basically hurting me as a studio musician trying to get into that world, right? And so it just kind of goes back to why do we segregate ourselves, you know? Um, talking to different musicians on, um, well, here our, our main street is Broadway with all the honky tonks and all the, the, the clubs downtown. And that's where a lot of musicians get their start there or they have to continue in between tours and, <clears throat> excuse me, and shows to try to make a living. And the, <laughs> it's funny, you know, people, there are some people who look down on those type of musicians, which I don't understand why, because music is music is music is music. And the level of talent these people have to have to play these gigs. Um, I was talking with someone a, a little while ago, just asking what their schedule is like. And a typical set on Broadway is that you play four hours. You might have a couple 10 minute breaks, maybe. And then you pack up your gear, you go down the street and you play another four hours. You might even have three in one day and that's 12 hours of playing, 12 hours. And then you do it again tomorrow. You wanna tell me how that is not similar to being in orchestra and playing, sitting there and playing over and over and over again, two like two and a half hour rehearsals plus a concert at night. It's the same thing, except, you know, we, we don't see it the same. And this person is a guitar player <clears throat> and he had aches and pains and his shoulder wasn't working well. And it's like, you know, I just, I didn't mean to go on a whole rant about this, but I just wish that, that we can, we can start changing that, that hierarchy and getting rid of it. And like, no, we're all musicians. We're all talented in different ways, but our bodies all have to do the same thing, you know? And, and learning yeah. how to take care of ourselves is really important. I'm glad that you found that with strength training, which most I know I was, um, I was discouraged from going to the gym while I was in college. Mm -hmm. Oh, don't go, you might hurt yourself. <laughs> yeah, so there's, there's a lot to unpack in what you just said. Um, mm -hmm. And um, I'm not even sure where to start, but I, I always <laughs> like to say, you know, everything is connected. And um, I think this is like the, 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 the right uh, thread to pull on. And because you said like, we are all human and uh, we, we have to take care of ourselves. And the thing is, um, you know, in, in working with, with people that are also not musicians and ranging from 14 to 85, then you start to notice things. And I think the same, the same kind of um, segregation um, that you can find in the music industry is also present in the, in the fitness industry. So, oh, it's better to do strength training or it's better to do CrossFit. Or if you don't do cardio, then it's you're stupid. You have to do mobility exercise because otherwise you haven't understood a thing, that kind of stuff. And at some point, so what I like to do is try to, to flip things around and not to look at what system is going to work, but how, how the human body works and what it needs. And then go first to try to give that to the body and when you do this, then it's going to react instantly and, and you're going to see positive changes. And for me in that moment um, in, in, my, in my career or in my life, it was strength training that had like the biggest impact 
but then I also went into different uh, movement pra practice that were more based around body weight training and acrobatic and and work with um, um, gymnastic rings and mobility exercise and that kind of stuff. And and it was still the same. It was like, so you have systems and then if you just push them onto an individual, if it's not the right context, then you're not going to have the right, the, the desired outcome that you want to have. And this is something that I always try to, um, to teach my clients and to, to really push across that message is, um, so first, everything is connected, like the way you breathe, the way you eat, the way you move, the way you are going to play music, the way you make decisions about your career, about your finances. And then all of this is going to also have an influence on like how, your well-being, your stress level, uh, the, the, um, the choices you are going to make about what you eat, about how you move and so forth and so on. And, you know, it's like, I know you, um, you follow the work of Dr. Perry Nicholson. Yes. And, he, and I'm a big fan of what he says and what he does. And he always says, like, no systems ever work alone. No. So everything is, everything is connected. And, um, and I try to, you know, start with the end in mind to see what, what's required. And as far as music education and music goes, like, um, the different different communities and scene like to to see their um, music genre as the one that's better than the other yes. you know and like the, the 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 jazz musician are going to say to the pop musician like hey it's what, what are you doing that's nothing <laughs> then the pop musician like to to techno it's like hey what is that and <laughs> you know and and without realizing hey wh what are we doing right now it's like the, the main of of the main goal of music in my opinion is to convey some emotions and to have the audience having a good time and feel stuff that they might be not be able to express um with a, a different vehicle and just to remind yourself like hey the the value of what i'm i'm doing um, with playing music is not dependent and inherent to the style of music that I'm playing. Rather, it's it's what I give to the audience that's that's here, and and uh, the value is not dependent on the style of music you're playing. Absolutely. I don't know if it was like relevant to what you just said before, but no, I mean it's it's the same thing. I mean it's it's funny how we put ourselves in different classes as musicians, but really. Um, you know, people can people end up looking down on other people. Oh, you like country. Oh, you like techno. Oh, you like classical or whatever, you know. But really, music music is created for all kinds of different people. We all have different tastes, and those tastes are valid no matter what you like. There's not one that's better than another, it's just different. <laughs> and I think, you know, reminding what you just said is that music is there to entertain and to make people feel things in a different way. They might not otherwise even get to either have that emotion or get to express it. You know, the, the saying that um, music expresses things where words fail or something like that. You know, like you don't have words for things, but music can express that for you. And, and that's, that's our goal as musicians is to, to convey that to our audience and to bring them on a journey with us. It doesn't matter what the style is. So to anybody who's listening, we're tired of it. We're all good musicians, okay? Just leave it be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
So I, I totally agree with that. And so I think there's also something that, that, that we can say here is um, also making the, the, the connection with the, with the fitness scene and, and, and you know, working out is that uh, any kind of model is, is um, helpful, but is going to be incomplete at some point. And, um, and I think this is the same for, for, for music and it's the same for the, for the training is so strength training is super important. So in, in my opinion, um, because it's going to help, um, have better movements, have better work capacity, um, mm -hmm. muscle mass is one predicator of, of longevity. So mm -hmm. this is also something that is important to be, um, to be taken care of, but, you know, having that model as the one and only is not going to be sufficient for the different um, uh, contexts in your lives, different phases that you're going to go through. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I, maybe it's not the right place to learn that at college, but uh, I wish I learned earlier is the ability to be flexible and flexible in your views and the tools that you're going to use. And um, this is something that, that can also really relieve a lot of stress because if you manage to change this perspective and to say like, hey, we don't care so much about labels or to say labels are useful in a certain context, but that's it, we don't need more than that, then this is something that is also going to impact the way you play music, the mm -hmm. way you train, the way you move and so forth and so on. Yes, absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, Jen and I just did a whole series on, um, there was a book that we kind of covered. It's called No Sweat. And the book is, so this is the book. It's called No Sweat. And it's uh, how the simple science of motivation can bring you a lifetime of fitness. But what we covered in it is basically you have to find ways to move that feel good to you. So just because someone here likes yoga, you like strength training, and you like CrossFit, and you like strongman, and you like tough mutters, and it, that's fine, you know, and then my mom just likes to go for walks and do yoga. That, uh, my dad just wants to ride his Airdyne bike and play tennis. They are all valid. You have to find those ways that, that feel good to you, because if you don't, if someone says you have to do something a certain way, you're not going to sustain that your entire life, and that's the goal of fitness to be able to sustain something your entire life. Yeah. And so what was the perspective in the book or what is your perspective on um, aligning goals and language and so the outcome and the modalities that you're going to use? Because what I found a lot, in a lot of cases, and this is very often the case in the more in the fitness industry and yeah, that, that's something that's quite curious to me is we are going to say things and then we are going to do something that is not matching what we are saying. And um, this also plays like a role in motivation. And sometimes we say, hey, I want to be healthy or I want to get stronger or I want to lose weight. But we do something that is um, not, not going to, um, to yield the, the results that we want to have. So how do you speak, how do you speak about that with your clients and how, how, what's your take on that? <laughs> yeah, we, we actually did probably an entire series on that topic because that, that book also makes mention of that. It's that you have to know 
um, like Simon Sinek says, you have to know what is your why. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if if someone says, well, I just want to be healthy, what does that mean? Well, why do you want to be healthy? So you have to keep unpacking and unpacking and unpack until you get down to the base level of um, someone could say, I want to be healthy. But really what that means is if I don't move at this time of day, this many days a week, I don't feel good. I have to do this for me. This is a non-negotiable. Or if someone says, I want to lose weight. Okay, why? What, you know, you have to get down to the real reason. Well, because honestly, I don't feel like, and it could be, sure, you don't like the way you look in your clothes or you want to wear a smaller size or there's peer pressure or it's, I don't feel good about myself because blah, blah, blah. And you've attached this to that, right? So I really tried to, when I'm, when I'm talking with my clients, I want to get down to the real reason that they're there. And a lot of my clients, musicians or not, they've, they've always got something underlying. It's like one client, she, she is a mess of tight muscles and muscle compensations. She's just a mess. And she'll be the first to tell you she, yes, I am a mess, <laughs> but um, she's also here because not only does she, A, she needs time for herself. She takes care of everybody all the time and makes no time for herself. And she, B, wants to stop being in pain. And C, her stress level is way up here. And her doctor also helped her confirm, hey, you need to do something other than running because running causes you pain. You need to do something that gets your heart rate up, gets some of that stress out. So not only are we working on her muscle compensations, she makes that time for her that no one can, nobody can touch this time. This is for her. And we're getting her out of pain, but also we're getting her back to running and it's also a therapy time. I don't know if you notice this with your clients, but it's just, you know, a, a personal trainer is also kind of a counselor, a little bit of a therapist, because your clients just tell you all kinds of things. Because when you, when you have that, it's like a sacred space for them. This is my time with my, this person that I trust, who's helping me achieve my goals. And so I can tell them anything. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So definitely. It, do what? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's absolutely true. So I love coaching also for that reason. It's because this is something that gives you, you know, it's, it's, you're like a very good friend, but at the same time, uh, you are not the therapist. So it's kind of an in-between. Yeah. And, and when you start to ask, like, why is it important to you? Why do you want to do this? And you go really in depth with it then most of the time it's not only about losing weight or there's something that's underlying when mm -hmm. it comes to pain management or stress management. A lot of it has to do with self-worth, um, you know, loving, loving yourself, um, finding the, the, the connection with others. And um, this, is, this is what I really, really love about doing that kind of online coaching format is because we have a lot more time to do that kind of stuff. Um, whereas when I was doing one-on-one -on -one, um, coaching, which mm -hmm. is still not possible here in, in Germany because the mm -hmm. gyms are closed, um, it, it, was, it was always like, okay, are we going to speak about that and go really in depth because it's necessary um, to unlock some of those layers so that mm -hmm. we can make progress? Or are we going to to um, to have the time to have a good training session, because that's actually kind of what the person is paying me for, and um, and right now I have one once a week a a group call where we can discuss about that kind of stuff, 
and um, we also have check-ins every week where people can 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 let me know what's going on in their lives, the the kind of um, workload stress that they had, but also like their their um, emotional states, because this is also going to inform me what kind of decisions we are going we are going to make as far as nutrition and training goes. If the person had like a super stressful week, then I'm going to reduce the amount of of um, of sets or reps that we are going to do in the in the strength training, mm-hmm. so that because strength training is um is always complementary to to like the the bigger goal. Yeah. And you know if you if you are an athlete and you go um, I don't know you play football or basketball, then your your job is to perform on the field. If you are a musician. Then your goal is going to perform in the in the studio or you know in the in, on the pit when you do the Broadway show or um, the orchestra gig, and the the goal of strength training is to strengthen your systems so that you can perform um, when you are when you are doing your job, and it should not get in the way. So um, I'm able to to adjust you know, pretty much on the fly. And this is something that is, I think, quite important for musicians, especially because the, the, the schedule of musician can be so hectic. Yeah. Um, you have like very long tours and then you go back and you have the first four weeks, you have nothing. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have two weeks of, of recordings um, and it's super intense and, and it's always changing and having the ability to manipulate the, the different variables of the training of the nutrition of the stress management, but also the um, emotional load and uh, you know well-being that that's behind it. That's the main driver. Um, yeah. Is something that is that is in my opinion super super important. It is. It is. And uh, if there's something that I've heard from musicians before, uh, clients and friends, it's that it's tough to make time for yourself to when you. Um, I'm thinking of one person in particular. He would cancel on me frequently. Uh, 8 a.m. I'd get a call. He had a 9:30 session. 8 a.m. I'd get a text. I can't come in. I'm like, dude, you know, he's like, I I got a session. I got a gig. I got called to be at the court recording studio in like 20 minutes. And I, you know, I get it. I mean, that's that's part of the challenge. It's like you don't want to turn that down. You'll never get called again. You know, and so there's that stress and you got to be on all the time. You're like, how do I make time for myself? But, you know, at the same time, if you never make time for yourself, you are never going to make time for yourself. And it just goes that other direction. But yeah, um, there's another client that I have that I coach online who lives in North Carolina. And she came to me. She was in a lot of pain. She's a pianist. She's in a lot of pain from a lot of different areas. She's also hypermobile. So she really needs that strength. I don't know. Do you see hypermobility a lot? I do. We don't talk about it. <laughs> oh, look at you. Your elbow inverts. <laughs> so, yeah. You get it. Me too. Like my head should not go that far. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so um, she's she's gotten stronger. and Her pain level has gone down. And actually her roommate worked out with me for a while. She quit strength training with me because she doesn't like strength training. It's just not her jam. She'd rather hike and do yoga, which is great. So I got her the corrective exercise she needs. And she, she's like, if I don't do these for a couple of days, I'm back in pain. I get it. But this other client of mine, she just loves it. She loves getting stronger. She loves feeling all these good, powerful things. 
but then her schedule has just gone crazy. And she said things like, you know, I, I don't want to go backwards, but I don't know how I can do it all. And so that's our job as trainers is to make sure that we can adjust their training. You don't have to give them every exercise in the world, but how do we make this nice balance between I only have 10 minutes here and five minutes there. Can I do these things throughout the day? Can I adjust it so I don't have to do an hour workout? Maybe I can just do 10 minutes here, repeat 10 minutes here. Then I've done it three times or, you know, adjust it. So it's only a couple of exercises. And then when you do have time, a longer time, you can do X, Y, or Z. And that's the mark of yeah. a good trainer who works with you. Don't just give up. <laughs> you can yeah. adjust. And this is, this is absolutely true. And I think this is like for the people that are, that are listening and that are, that may be on the fence, you know, of working with the coach, um, I think this is super important because I'm not sure this is something that is understood in the, in the fitness industry mm. because people are going to, to expect that you, that you make that time, that there's nothing coming in the way that you don't have to be, you know, um, super responsive when you get the call because you have a gig and you know, it's like a, we have a workout and it's going from that time to that time. And then it's going to be done and um to be able to work with that kind of with that kind of creative people that have different um i would go as far as saying like different worldviews, mm -hmm. like their reality is is, is different yeah. um than most people i think this is something that is super valid and be it like one-on-one -on -one, um with somebody that you can see regularly to um to have that kind of exchange and understanding and support but also sometimes um, some some kind of tough love and and you know challenge challenging the the, the person in front of you is going to, to be super super helpful. And um, I'm saying this because I know that a lot of musicians would benefit from that kind of coaching mm -hmm. and just to have that kind of exchange and different perspective. And um, it's not something that's that's. Um, widespread in the in the music industry to have to have coaching sessions you have like a teacher maybe you have a mentor but it's yeah. always super super specific to the music and um and it's great and this is something that you need but sometimes you also need that kind of of um, perspective change and you know both the tough love and and support i don't know how you how you see that but i wish that more musicians would would embrace this for their own good yeah absolutely <clears throat> i think you're <clears throat> pardon me i think you're right on with that and uh it's it's really it's something that's it, that's really important that musicians take on for themselves that you know you have somebody from outside that musical realm that can that can help you physically so um <clears throat> what would you say on another topic here like what what kind of moves uh, exercises are some of your favorite exercises or programming that you like to program for your clients. Uh, what exercises do you think are most important or have helped you the most? Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a very good question. Um, <laughs> so, you know, my my training style is is very much um, powerlifting and and bodybuilding uh, influenced, and yeah. also. Uh, I like strongman training, so I, I really like to um to be able to work to work progressively, mm -hmm. and to to um to 
you know what gets measured get managed <laughs> so um to to have that kind of of tracking and accountability because this is also going to have a big impact on the motivation you know having those progress and see that you're getting stronger um i think it's something that is wildly um underestimated what it can do for for the motivation and uh, to have a sustainable and long-lasting movement practice, as you were saying earlier. So um, I'm going to to go with the squats, with the bench press, with the deadlifts. Um, I really like those for a few reasons. First, because um, I always try to have the biggest um, biggest impact with the least amount of effort, or mm-hmm. you know, being super time efficient. Yes. And um, those are going to to have quite big carryover for me um this is something that i yeah yeah, full body exercise and this is something that is you know i just noticed i just noticed that um when i was when i was training and and still playing and touring when i had to lift my my base amp um (laughs) then i was uh i was surprised that it was that easy (laughs) that's actually not that heavy and um (laughs) So that was one thing, but then the other thing is also to 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 have the confidence to do it. And I remember that some of my my bandmates, um, the drummer especially, oh, yeah. he was he was super um, careful and mindful of of lifting the the, the bass amp. And yeah. I was like, sure, I'll do it because I know that I can. And yeah, just just being able to pick up that that kind of stuff from the floor. Um, is going to to have um, a big big impact on on the on the confidence and how you feel and for me it was also um, you know after having good strength training session my um, and I think this is for me because I'm I am hypermobile so I'm, my posture was always better and I, I would feel like much more stable and and strong when I was when I was then going on stage so. I think most of the the programming that I do for my clients are um, are based around like the the, the big compounds lifts. Yeah, I agree with that. A hundred percent. Deadlifts are my. I hate squats. I'm gonna say it. I hate it. <laughs> but deadlifts are my favorite. I don't care if it's conventional, if it's sumo. I mean, those are. I just. There's so much fun. One leg kettlebell. I don't care. Deadlifts are so fun, and I feel like you can feel that connection between you know your shoulder girdle and your lats to your glutes to your to everything to the floor you know absolutely and then yeah. being able to pick up your gear is so important because especially if you're somebody who has a lot of gear if you're a drummer or if you like you said your bass amp um that stuff isn't light and you don't want anybody else touching your stuff <laughs> you want to be <laughs> right you're like no i got it can i can can i do it can i you know, I mean, especially if you've been playing for hours, say you drove a couple hours to the gig, you played a few hours, now you got to look, you're tired, you know, you want to know that you can you can load in and load out your gear safely and not hurt yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. this is this is like a very big part of, of what I do. And then um, there's also another part to it. And it's more like the... Um, the the fine fine stuff fine mechanics and mm-hmm. postural postural work because I think this is also something that is quite important for a lot of musicians or they are at least like mindful and aware of it and there I try to go more with the the, the breathing uh, breathing exercises 
um, and a bit um, PRI influence. I don't know if you're familiar, familiar with their work, um, Postural Restoration Institute. Oh, that sounds familiar, yeah. I know of yeah. them. Yeah, so they, they have quite a good, um, quite quite a few good exercises. I, I think that are super helpful for musicians because um, it really helps you to, um, so for me, it's it's kind of doing yoga, but in a more systematic way okay. and more progressive way because you can really work with um, the breathing pattern um, and connect the influence of the diaphragm with the posture. And then it also translates when you go back to the, to the weight room um, how you can, you know, position yourself, your rib cage, your pelvis, and um, brace when you are lifting. And um, yeah, I think it, it's it's a nice connection to have between like the, the posture when playing music to the the strength training. Um, I I would call it practice even. Absolutely. No, that makes perfect sense. Have you seen what uh, Dr. Perry's been talking about with the diaphragm and? releasing the diaphragm and all that. I find that super interesting. And uh, especially how musicians talk about the diaphragm constantly and how many of us really don't have a clue what it is, where it is, what it really does or does not do. <laughs> and, you know, seeing somebody from outside the music world talk about the diaphragm, I always kind of like, oh, somebody else knows, you know, <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he was, I think he was talking about, um, he loves to talk about fascia and how, you know, fascia is the interconnecting tissue. And then when fascia gets stuck, your muscles can't move the way they are designed to. And your, as we know, your, your diaphragm is that kind of, I think it's kind of like a cross between a parachute and a jellyfish, you know, kind of up, <laughs> open, uh, underneath your ribs, in your ribs, it connects to your low back. It really bisects your body. Right. And so it, it brings your lungs down and moves your insides to breathe and then it comes back. So like your your lungs, you exhale. Right. But if you've got adhesions like fascial adhesions, like he's talking about, he talks about how you can release those and how that changes uh, how you play, how you breathe, how you move, how you lift, all kinds of things. Um, and, you know, when you've got those fascial adhesions, how that can change. I was going somewhere with this, but um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, if you guys have not checked out Dr. Perry's work, Dr. Perry Nicholson, um, the man knows his stuff and he's been around for quite a long time. So. Yeah. And so the, the, the super interesting thing with, with his works is, um, you know, the connection between the movement because he's big on that as well. Yes. And then with the stress management, obviously, um, with the nervous system, with um, moving your lymph, Lymph nodes um, right that's, now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's big for for pain management, and yeah. then you know when you when you go when you keep going down that road, it's it's going to also ties to to nutrition, mm -hmm. because your diaphragm is directly above your your main organs like yeah. the liver, the kidneys, um, and this is something that I learned from him. Like every time that you are breathing, and if you're breathing properly then your kidney and your livers are going to move up to uh, three centimeters. That's, that's more than one inch. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's quite a lot. But if your digestion, for example, is not good because mm -hmm. you haven't had enough veggies or you are under eating or you are doing some, I don't know, intermittent fasting, even though uh, your, your stress management is very poor, 
then it's going to have an impact on your digestion, which yeah. um, is going to be reflected in your um, in your nervous system because your vagus nerve is going to be influenced by that. And then it changes the way you breathe and um, <clears throat> changing the way you breathe is going to have an influence on, on the diaphragm, which is a skeletal muscle, which is going to have an influence on how you move and then how you move. Yeah, it's exactly Yes, that. it's all connected. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And if you are if you are the whole time in an hyperinflated uh, posture, um, then you're not going to have as much mobility in your upper limb, and you are not you know. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm a bass player. So when I play, my breathing is not that important or is not that dramatic of an effect on on my yeah. On right. My play. Right. Not like a for somebody play. like yeah for somebody like you like if you are um hyperventilating the whole time and you are stuck in that hyper um inflated state yeah. it's going to have a direct in- impact on on the way you are able to play and yes. um and this is something like okay so the way you are eating is influencing like everything <laughs> going in the other direction so it's yeah yeah true <laughs> I feel like we could talk about this for a whole nother hour. It'd be really easy, really easy. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So last couple questions here. Um, where, so are you working with people online? Are you currently accepting clients? I absolutely am. Um, definitely. I, I still have capacity. And um, so the, the, the online program is like everything that has to do with uh, programming and like I said, it's mainly strength training and also a bit of posture work, um, the nutrition and some some um, <sighs> mindset and stress management. I don't know how to call that because, um, you know, depending who you are speaking to, then you react to different kind of buzzwords. But yeah. I think for me, they, they fall into this, the same kind of um, umbrella. Yeah. 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 So is that online training with you? Is that with more of like, a, like, do you use an app or are you using group coaching with phone calls? Um, do you just send them a PDF? Is that a one-on-one? What does that look like? Yeah. So uh, very, very um, cool that you're asking this. Um, so I use True Coach, and it's a, it's an you app too. where you, yeah, cool. Perfect. So you know, you know how it works. And um, so I, I write all of these programs um, I don't I don't do one on one online um, because I think this is like not the, the best use of, of my time and the client's time. And there are more effective ways to um, to go about it. But um, so I read the, pro- the trainings program. I have the, the videos of the different exercise in true coach. I have every week a check in. So um, it's it's a type of workout, but it's going to be um, Uh, different questions about how the week went and where they're at and um, I also use the metrics to to attract different biometrics like stress management uh, sleep um, that kind of stuff so that we have both subjective and objective measures of okay we are doing the right things we are going in the right direction Mm -hmm. and um, I have once a week a group call where uh, people can ask questions and um, some, sometimes I do also like uh, presentation. And today um, the presentation was on owning your, your feelings and emotional state. So oh, yeah. how you can practically go about deciding how you're going to feel. And um, 
And in TrueCoach, I also have like different kind of PDF uh, videos and documents so that people can, can actually learn why we are doing the stuff that we are doing and to have a better understanding of, of what, what's going on so that they are truly able to make the decisions for themselves um, in, in their own lives. Because the, the truth of the matter is, um, so when I do one-on-one, -on -one, we have one or maybe two hours during the week together. Um, online coaching, it's, it's not much more. And you still have 167 hours left in the week where you could go right or wrong or um, do yes. stuff that is going to move you in the right direction or not. Yes. And um, I want my, so my goal as a coach is um, that my people are going to know exactly what to do so that I become kind of obsolete and they are able to really, um, they are empowered to take decisions on their own. And I still think it's valuable to have a coach because you know, you need that kind of um, accountability, but also you need the, the helicopter view. Yes. Um, you know, when, when, you, when you are driving effort and intensity into the workout or into whatever you are doing, it's always super good to have somebody who is um, above and can see if that's the right direction and tell you like, hey, go in that direction or in, in the other one. Yes. So I, I still think it's super valuable to have a coach even when you, when you, when you, so... I would argue that I know um, a fair bit about exercise and programming and nutrition, but I also have a coach so that um, I'm not making those decisions. And then when I do my training, I can, I can really um, drive effort and intensity very high so that we, we make the, the most out of it. So that's kind of um, how my coaching work and the, the, the philosophy behind it. Yes, coaches, the best coaches have coaches. Olympic yeah. athletes have coaches. Does that mean that they're not a good athlete? If, I mean, no, they know what they're yeah. doing, but yeah. they need a coach to be in the Olympics, right? Same with us. So it's, it's, don't feel like, whoever's listening to this, please don't feel like you have to do everything yourself. That's why you took lessons. That's why you have a teacher. That's why you should have a coach that can look at you from the outside and go, oh, did you know you do this with your posture? Did you know you move this way? Did you know if you did this, that would all improve? Yeah. So that, that's a very big point, like self-awareness, I think is, is super important and is one point that is going to help you move forward, um, you know, and, and reach the stuff that you want to reach in you also in your career. And, um, you know, you were speaking about like um, having, finding your why or knowing your why, but also like um, being able to, um, to say, not sure you said set boundaries, but that's how I interpreted it. Or being able to say, yes, I'm going to do the gig or no, I'm making time for myself. Yeah. And maybe just have someone who's there and, and can look from the outside and say like, hey, are you aware that if you are fully booked and that gigs keep coming in, maybe it's the time to raise your prices yes. so that you are, you are able to make time for yourself while mm -hmm. still earning the money and you know, have more time for yourself. And for me, that's also like pure stress management because then you have less stress of having too, too little money. You have less stress because um, you have the time to do stuff for yourself and that kind of stuff. And having the ability to have someone who, who's there for you to um, think about that kind of stuff and help you have way more self-awareness. Yes. I think this is like a big game changer. It is, it is. I'm so glad you brought that up. 
So uh, just one more question before we have to wrap up here, but uh, wh what are some of your favorite resources or people, books, podcasts, social media accounts, whatever that, that you would say, these are good to go read, watch, listen, follow. Who are your favorite resources? Uh, they have there have been so many um, during the year, so maybe um, can you can you can you tell me in what direction? Sure. Uh, for when, training when comes, or for yeah, when it comes to musicians who are looking on the health and wellness side. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so as far as fitness and movement goes, mm -hmm. I think everybody should have a look at. Um, Dr. Pat Davidson, and he's in New York, and he speaks. It's a bit more advanced, but it's also quite radical, and it's also super clear. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is something that is going to be super helpful. Um, I think I would also um, check out Australian Strength Coach, who's the coach of um, the Mountain from Game of Thrones. <laughs> and um, he, and uh, the mountain from Game of Thrones, Hathor Bjornsson, is like one of the best um, uh, strongmen in the world. Yeah. And that's that's his coach. And so they are they, they have like different different views. Yeah. But it's it's great to have like different perspectives. Mm -hmm. um, for pain management and connecting the dots, um, we mentioned it like Dr. Perry Nicholson. Okay. I think I think he's one of the the main guy I would go to. Um, Is there anybody you follow on social media that you would direct people to? Yeah, so those are uh, the the name that I just dropped. So they are they are on social media, and this okay, is where great. I follow them. Yeah. Uh, also, like like yourself, uh, <laughs> the different you know, so fitness coaches. Uh, for musicians, so Mike uh, Mike De Schwartz, mm -hmm. um, I think has um, has also a very very good approach that I, that I really like. Um, I, I want to find somebody for for the nutrition side of things, but I um, I cannot come up with the name of somebody who is okay. not too technical, but also yeah. not saying too much. BS. Yeah. No, that's okay. Um, and last question: Do you do you? What about any books or or any podcasts that um, just one that's on your top? Mm -hmm. So um, for for a book, uh, there's one that I really like that I um, that I think everyone should read, and it's not about fitness or nutrition. It's more about the mindset sort of thing, and it's called um, "It Take What It Takes." from Trevor Moad oh, yeah. and he's a mindset mental coach um, for elite performer um, a lot of them NHL uh, players and I think this is also a, this is huge uh, for for having a, a career in the music industry but also um, for the, the the results in the gym and having longevity and that kind of stuff is just the the attitude that you bring to to the table and like mindset is really the way your mind is set and the way you, you decide to look at things and you see the world 
So um, I think he has a very, very good perspective and that it is, is super helpful to, um, yeah, to use some of the strategies that he, he mentioned in that book. Perfect. And uh, lastly, where can people find you and find more information about you, your training, your philosophy, you, etc.? Yeah, so uh, thanks for asking this. Uh, right now, everything that I do online is um, happening mainly on Instagram. Um, and my handle is I am Coach Yannick, Y-A-N-N-I-C-K. I am in the process of relaunching my uh, Facebook group. So I have a Facebook group for uh, music professionals. And it's, um, you know, it's geared toward those that want to achieve more and that want to perform better um, at their jobs in the career um, by leveraging the, the health and fitness side of things Perfect. and uh, making those connections. So I'm going to announce that in the next few days on my, uh, on my Instagram account. So um, yeah, I'd be super happy to, to connect with uh, some of you. I'm a real person behind <laughs> a super nice uh, post that I, that I make. Um, and I really love to, to uh, connect with people around the world so um don't hesitate to uh, to contact me totally agree i mean i found you on instagram and we had a great conversation i'm so glad we got to do this thank you so yeah. much you're welcome thanks a lot for having me absolutely all right guys that is going to be it for our our episode today thank you again to coach yannick for joining me today and you can find all of this information in our show notes that will be put down here at the bottom and feel free to contact him uh, definitely make sure to follow him on Instagram at I am Coach Yannick. And uh, if you would like to follow me as well, I am Music Strong Fitness. And my missing co-host today is Dr. Jen Cabas. And you can find her at Doc Beefcake <laughs> and at uh, Tuned and Toned Performance. Um, please make sure to drop us a line, hit that subscribe button. And thank you so much. Have a great week.